In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We're back to the bad intros, but two hosts this time to talk about the Bill Callahan-led offensive guard position. It's amazing. It just seems like we just constantly have this just plethora of all pro guards. Isn't that right? We just keep paying all these guys $10 million. So let's just keep doing that. Right, Jack? Well, it's, it's crazy. Like, throw hole. Even at cut down day. Literally no one had him making the roster. I mean, no one. I don't think I saw a single projection where it was like, Yo, the throw hole is going to make the roster over. Well, we didn't know. We, we didn't know he had a, an insane fullback ability as well. This is what it is. They were holding that out on us. Well, Drew Forbes was a fullback in the last game. That's true. Just keep throw hole was the starting right guard. <laughs> it, it is wild. Like the the entire Bill Belichick, do your job. Okay, guys. Well, here you go. Project X is actually now a fullback. Yep. So um, continuing the same theme of shows every day, we'll just keep dropping one. It was sort of something we started in the bye week and then we're like, nah, we'll, we'll spread these out and we'll, they'll just keep dropping until we've done every single position room. Um, so today we're continuing the last part of the offense. We can do guards and centers all as one. Um, the two guards will start there, Betonio and Teller. Not much to say, really. They're both back next year. Um, I think they've each got one more or two more years. I think two years left. And then their team options on the contracts, etc. So they can go from there. But effectively, nothing of note with those two. They're, they're beasts. They're paid to be beasts. And they are beasts, which is so ideal. They're just very good at doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, how many times a week do we just see Betonio pulling into the right gap and opening up the lane for Chubb? And listen, I'm not taking anything away from Nick Chubb because obviously he has skills that a lot of running backs don't have. But when you have guys like, you know, Betonio and Teller paving the way, it just makes your life that much easier. Yeah, so it's each got two years left. Um, and then after that, it's two option years for the team. So there's certainly on the 2022, uh, 2023 and 2024 roster, after that, we start making choices. And, hey, nice position to be in. There's no reason Joel Petonio can't have his entire career here. But if something declines, because once someone gets old, you never know, it's nice to have that depth behind them. And that's what we're going to get into. But next, we'll jump to centre. Ethan Posich. He was brought in as nobody wanted him. And I mean, the projections Nobody. for what he was going to sign as a contract was, I think, four, four and a half million by over the cap, who do a phenomenal job, and no one bid for him. His pass um, blocking grade was diabolical. Not diabolical, but it was poor um, before this season. The run was okay, but no teams were interested. And the Browns went, oh, we'll take him as a backup to Nick Harris. And and that's crazy to think that now he's, what, top, top three graded guard by PFF. And there is some of that you have to take a slight pinch of salt with because, hey, if you're next to two all-pro guards, your life is a little easier. 
but think about it. This was a guy who went to Seattle, which is like O-line purgatory, right? So the, the Seahawks have been trying with Dwayne Brown. They've been trying to get all these guys in there. So they use a second round pick on this guy. And I remember when he was coming out, it was like, oh, he's a, he's got all these tools and tricks and trades. You know, he was almost like a Cam Irving um, of his abilities. He goes to Seattle and it just doesn't work. And a lot of people, I think, realize maybe it's a system thing, you know, because some of these guys have gone elsewhere and played decently well or at least productive. But I think with Postage, he's going to set a tone because if I'm a if I'm an offensive lineman, especially an interior offensive lineman, and I've been drafted high by another team or I've signed a big free agent deal and I go there and it doesn't work, you need to reinvent your career. Uh, I've got a good place for you to come because we had this conversation about did Nick Postage or Ethan Pochich take Nick Harris's job? And then you said he may have priced himself out of Nick Harris's job. So there's the question is, is how good did Ethan Pochick get in a year to where another team's going to go, okay, it was definitely Seattle because look what he just did in Cleveland. Yeah, and th- this is the the difficult question because they've got so much money tied up in those two guards. Um, what do they want to do at center? Because if you pay, hey, you, I think we could get to the stage now where he's not elite, but I think he could easily ask for six mil, um, which is good center money. It's not phenomenal. It's just good. I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't really want to pay six million for, say, the next two years with a team option for years three and four. Um, I I don't want to commit that much money to the the position because if you're going to, part of the benefit of having two all pros is I don't need to spend six million on a center. The only, yes, you're right. And here's where I'm going to say, I wonder if, if you look at all the other teams running this outside zone, wide zone scheme, Kyle Shanahan, right? They've, they had Alex Mack. They've, they've always invested a decent amount of weight in the center position. They did not invest a decent amount of weight in a right guard. So if you're looking at say, maybe down the road, we talked two years, could the money shift from the Wyatt Teller side to the center? Because by all accounts, the center is a very integral part. And Joe Thomas has talked about this. You know, Kyle Shanahan has talked about this. And they've proved it as well. A good fullback being Kyle Juszczyk has always been kind of a a luxury piece for these outside zone offenses. So I wouldn't be shocked if maybe they just some, maybe if if Pochitz gets too good, so to say, and prices himself out, do they get Harris through the Teller contract, sequence those deals, so when Teller's big money drops off, they then can look to maybe bump up that center position. That might be something they look to do, because Harris only has one year left in his deal right after this one. Yeah, so Harris has got one year left, um, and it could be one that if Pochitz doesn't get the market he wants and the price is, say, four, four and a half mil, then that could be a real conversation where they could go, hey, we're going to pay you five million in year one, five million in year two, and then there's a four million option in year three. Something like that could be some a way that two teams get round the table and agree something. Maybe not five, maybe like it's four and a half, four and a half, four, and they're then thirteen million over four years, uh, three years. Hey, the Browns consider that a possible deal. So I think fours are yes. Six is a no, and anything in between is that gray area where um, it then just comes down to what the bargaining table is. Because if you're saying, hey, it's four mil, it's not the end of the world, we can make that work for a starter. 
Um, because, hey, Nick Harris is... If, that's the question. If they have seen phenomenal stuff from Nick Harris, and to be fair, he's got one game on tape. We were both there. Yeah. He kept Kenny already bigger. pretty quiet. They could be there looking at going, hey, we're not going to pay six million because we think Nick Harris is really, really, really good. Or there's another name. They drafted what Dawson Deaton yep. out of this in the seventh round. So they drafted him. This is a guy. He was a guard on the website though. Then that was one really interesting point that mm-hmm. you just don't know where they value him. Yeah, there you go. But it just shows that I think with this interior offensive line, you're talking about flexibility, you're talking about roles. And we finally have hit that point, and we've said this for years with the Steelers and their linebackers, right? They always draft these guys, and they know exactly what their role is. They sit behind TJ Watt. They sit behind, you know, all these guys that you've heard of for years, seeing what they do. And then when it's their time, boom, they take off and shine. So I think we're getting there with that that interior offensive line because, to your point with Nick Harris coming in in the Green Bay game and then Ethan Postage coming in this year and already putting a resume better than Nick Harris in a short amount of time. I mean, it's pretty incredible, actually. Yep, and then we've got a few other names. We've got um, Froholt. Um, let me just do Forbes first. Forbes is under contract for next season as well, so he's one that will be back for camp um, battling around. Um, I think Froholt is a free agent this upcoming offseason, but there's barely been any interest in him around the league. So I think he's one they can easily bring back probably at around the league minimum. Um, so I'd expect him to be back for camp. Dunn is the one of note though. Dunn is a restricted free agent. I don't expect them to offer the tender, but it could be one where they go, look, we're not going to give you the 2.4 million tender, but do you want 1.2 million well, 1.25 million will guarantee 0.25 mil comeback. And he might go, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll sign that. So you're going to have six dudes on the interior. I think three are locked. Well, I'd say four are locked in of the two starting guards, Harris and uh, Deaton. And then after that, who are the two? It could be Posich comes back and it could be Froholt. It could be Dunn. It could be Forbes. Well, that's eight. It's a great position to be in. And it's a, it's where you want to be as a front office and a coaching staff, where you've got like eight guys. These are all great. Let's see what happens. Obviously, Joel Batonio and um, Teller aren't going into the season battling for a roster spot, but literally everyone else is. Why not be in that strong position where you can go, hey, if two dudes get injured, say Dunn and Harris both get season-ending injuries in camp, well, we've still got six guys. We've got enough for everyone to start. So, I think that's a joyous thing that we we should celebrate as a team. Absolutely. And, and think about this, Jack. We back. haven't invested any first-round picks. Joe Batonio was a second-round pick. Ethan Posich was a very low-risk claim off of um, free agency. Then you have Nick Harris, who was a fifth-round pick. Then you have Wyatt Teller, who we traded, what, a fifth and a sixth or something for, mm-hmm. two day three picks for. So there's a lot of teams out there that have spent some serious capital in the draft on guards, and we're getting – top top production from guys that we haven't invested much in now you've given betonio the money but the guys earned every penny of it you know the only first round pick in terms of who we drafted was jedrick wills i mean i know conklin was our first round pick that we traded but we signed him to a pretty mid-level uh free agency contract so james hudson chris hubbard these are all guys none of them are first round picks yeah so really really nice position for the team and uh, yeah, that, that's sort of a prelude. It's, it's going to be pretty much exactly the same next year. 
Ethan Posich just wants to keep an eye on. The better he plays, the less chance he has of coming back. Man, what a problem to have. I love yeah. these interior offensive linemen, baby. Just a bunch of maulers. And that is the offensive line wrapped up. So, uh, okay. as always, go Browns. Go Browns.